This week on the podcast, we talk horror games and Halloween question mark. <laughs> Somehow we didn't talk about it over the garden wall. I guess it's because we're limiting it to games. Anyways, bye Fatal Frame. Hello and welcome to an in-person episode of The Brave Room. No, the horrible, horrible situation that we're living in has not gotten better. But you know what has gotten worse? The state of the room that I usually record the podcast in. <laughs> so me and Kate are here together in person recording this episode for you, the lovely people. And all that we ask of you is to leave a suggestion in the comments for future episodes. That's all we want. And then at a thousand plays, I have to look through them groan because they're all terrible and still have to do one anyways isn't it a lovely system yes anyways i've already introduced our guest we have kit with us here today hello good evening morning whatever because time zones are not real and also you know i assume no one listens to this podcast of their own volition <laughs> like they give us a courtesy follow and then you know they fall asleep while driving or whatever which you really shouldn't and then you just kind of autoplay into our podcast, in which case, you know, thanks. Yes. So yeah, you know, we're doing a topical episode this week. It's Halloween this week. Yes, but anyway, I always get reminded of my poor old cracking bones whenever the year starts because people love to post Halloween things out of season and of course, it just only gets worse in season. Eh. Okay, here's the thing. We're gonna we're gonna start off this episode with another thrilling thrilling installment of one misses the real world <laughs> and wishes this waking nightmare would end. Because you know what's great? Halloween parties. Like I'm already getting too old to go to Halloween parties, but why'd you have to add the threat of a deadly flesh virus to it? <laughs> <laughs> you could I would have happily slowed down on going to Halloween parties just under threat of getting older. You didn't have to add the risk of actual super death. <laughs> I never really participated in Halloween uh, parties because the Killjoy actually does not like candy. I hate it with a passion. I'm gonna be real with you. Once you're in your 20s, Halloween parties are not about candy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, yeah. If it, even if it's alcohol, I am actually unable to drink no matter how much I want to. Yeah, no. What I miss is actually socializing. Halloween's a great time to socialize with people. And you know, we can't do that anymore under threat of a super mega death. <sighs> what can you do? Instead, let's talk about some Halloween video games. So, Yay. horror games. I have a weird relationship with horror games. Yeah? So I am very, very, very weak to stress. <laughs> Anything, uh, sounds, sounds like a game mechanic to me. So anything that can raise my stress level does not sit well with me. That's why I hate 90% of horror games. Uh-huh. I especially hate the super generic, oh, evil nun, Jesus allegory, boo, any of those types of games. I don't S like sudden them. Sudden jump scare card. Yeah, if the, like, I don't, I don't like it. And yet, some of my favorite video games are horror games. Like, Resident Evil Village is amazing. They had uh, that come out. Uh, uh, dumb vampire mummy aside. Yeah, I know, the game is solidly good. 
Vampire Mommy notwithstanding. <laughs> of course, I barely call that a horror game. That is an action game with a horror skin. You can turn Ethan Winters into a space marine. <laughs> the amount of stuff you can do in that game. You also have... Biohazard is a way more horror-centric game. I thought Resident Evil was the localized name of Biohazard. Oh no, no. Okay, so Resident Evil 7 mm-hmm. did this cool thing where in the US it was called Resident Evil colon Biohazard. Uh-huh. And in Japan it's called Biohazard colon Resident Evil. Oh. At least that's what that's what it was for a while. I think I think last minute they may have just not Resident Evil 7. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Biohazard was the subtitle for, for the Resident Evil 7. It's this weird thing, like I have this weird attachment to the Resident Evil series because again, I don't particularly like the horror games, but I love the Resident Evil games because they're great adventure games. All I remember is like Chris Redfield's rippling muscles, maybe occasional QTEs. Yeah, when he freaking punches a boulder, it's the best. <laughs> That's why we don't talk about Resident Evil 6. With Resident Evil, I really wanted to play Resident Evil 2 because it's supposed to be like a short game and it's just pure adventure. The, has that one been remade yet? Yeah, that 2 is the one that got remade and people uh, loved. 3 right. is the one that people loved a little less. They're, they're both great games and I'd love to play them. Someday. The backlog. Someday. <sighs> but what can you do? I love how they released Resident Evil 2 and then Resident Evil 3. And then, like, the remakes. Uh-huh. And then Village is basically 4 remakes. <laughs> <laughs> like, the amount of people I know who love 4 and, are just, and tell me, like, no, Village is literally just 4. It is so much a spiritual successor to 4. Like, oh my god. Just like how 7 is... It's not exactly a spiritual successor to 1, but close enough. Eh. Anyways, what are horror games you like? Aside from Resident Evil. Oh, wait, actually, horror games are also... Not my kind of game for one important reason. Okay, look, I know the darkness and all that is the point of horror games, like nothing is scarier in the dark, etc. etc. The point is that I can't see it. It also hurts my eyes, so I can't play at all. Fair enough, fair enough. I do not want to go blind to, because of playing a horror game. It's not worth the entry fee, man. This is true, this is true. I mean, you could just turn Gamma all the way up. I mean, I try your milky like, white game. <laughs> like, for example, like, okay, House of Ashes recently came out, so that is that kind of a horror game. Mm-hmm. I tried to turn the brightness and all up, but it's still kind of hard to see, really. Yeah, yeah, at that point, it's a stylistic choice, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's difficult. I, I'd like to enjoy some of it because you know, the, the monster designs can be pretty cool, appeal to that subset of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's just it's just bad viewing experience, man. I, like, whenever people uh, let's play horror games and such, I just put it on the background and hear them occasionally scream and shriek and whatever. I don't actually look at the screen. Yeah, yeah. Ah oh, man, doesn't that, that ever just kill your enjoyment though? Because I realized like how many YouTubers realize that every scream is another 500 views, so they have to milk that as much as possible. Mm, I wonder because uh, I also haven't really watched these for a long time. 
I used to because that was the only way I could like actually process the thing without ruining my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, man, you know my other favorite horror franchises. Fucking Dead Space. That game was lovely. Oh, didn't the sequel like killed it or something? Dead Space Three killed it. Yeah, we don't talk about Dead Space Three, <laughs> but we do talk about Dead Space Two being an amazing game. It's a little more actiony than the original Dead Space. I'm told. I haven't played the original Dead Space yet. Mm-hmm. Dead Space Two is oof. That's so good. We need more movies that understood why Alien is so scary. Oh, uh, did the remake of the game do it? Doing well or something? Or no, no, no. Uh, I mean, the, but the movie, lah. And the movie, the, the movie. original Alien, because. A lot of sci-fi games mm-hmm. will cite aliens as their as their source material, and that is the Ura Space Marine movie. <laughs> Whereas Alien Singular is just a really really good horror movie. Maybe you should watch it someday. I think it's on Disney Plus. If not, if not on Netflix. Alright. When I watched it, it, was on Netflix. But yeah, and so like Dead Space, just, I love. Abandoned space station is such a good aesthetic. Dead Space Two has that. You know, like going through the hospital and stuff. You get to the pediatric ward. There's a bunch of babies. Hey, shout out to Visceral Games and their fear of babies. <laughs> I don't know about Dead Space One because again, I never played it. Dead Space Two and Dante's Inferno both feature sequences in which you have to kill a lot of babies violently. I'm starting to think someone there has a fear of babies. <laughs> Politely um, trying to tell their partner that they don't want kids, but the partner refuses to listen. So I'm gonna make a video game. <laughs> Look at the Catholic man with the big scythe as he murders all these babies. A very gentle suggestion that maybe we shouldn't add to the overpopulation of the world? Question mark. I mean, you have kids if you want, whatever. Just keep one on my side. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you don't let them play Genshin, or they might go to Twitter and say something stupid. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> we really had to put that in. Uh, but yeah, no, Dead Space is an amazing game. I love how the plasma cutter is just the best gun in that game, and it's the first weapon you get in every single one of them. No, I'm like thinking of uh, Bioshock, the first and the second one since two. I would say Infinite is Infinite is has no horror elements yeah, to it. Uh, well, there's that one sequence, the one sequence where you're breaking into the prison. There's those. I think they're called the Boys of Silence. I vaguely remember that. It's doesn't one creep out on you towards yeah, the end of the sequence? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a jump scare. The one jump scare in the game. And uh, even then, it's not. Yeah. Can we can, okay, let's talk about Bioshock Infinite for for a hot minute. Yeah. I have a problem with that game. Just, I loved it when it first came out. I was like, oh, it was really cool, and it just decayed over time. My memory of it decayed over time, and so like, I wasn't that good. Wait, what happened? It's it's just not that good. It was just like, okay, yeah, the twist was cool, I guess. But it, the problem is, Bioshock One's twist is so good. It is impossible to follow that up <laughs> because you know, sure, Bioshock is a linear game, but at any point in time, you technically could have not given into the twist, but you had to. The game, the game, like, would not progress if you never pick up the wrench. You would have just been in a soft lock state where you're like, no, I refuse to pick up the wrench. Well, guess what? You're not gonna get into the next room if yeah. you don't pick up the wrench, which is cool. Whereas Bioshock Infinite's whole thing, everything happens in a cutscene. Every big moment of that twist happens in a cutscene. So it's like I was never, this was never my thing. And the worst part is, is like 
Okay. Uh, okay, you know what? Let's screw it. Let's pull Bioshock here. So, <laughs> Bioshock 1, the whole thing is there is an active phrase called Would You Kindly? That, that is a mind control phrase that gets you to do stuff. And rather than give you a cinematic where the character is resisting the urge to do something, it is all gameplay stuff that you have to do. Like the very first thing the NPC tells you is Would you kindly pick up that wrench? And you get a tutorial to tell you to pick up the wrench. And I always thought that was really clever because like I said, you technically could have not picked up the wrench, but you had to. And when the game reveals this twist to you, you're like, oh my god, I'm the one who picked it up. At no point did the game forcefully put a wrench in my hand. I had to turn around and pick it up. I was allowed to dance as much as I wanted before picking it up. But at the end of the day, I picked it up. And it was this really, really good feeling of, yeah, no, this, this twist wouldn't have worked in a movie or something. So that, and it was great. In Infinite, what even was the twist? In Infinite, the twist is you're the bad guy. The bad guy is you from an alternate timeline. And also the girl is your daughter. And also the girl is your daughter. And none of, like, my first thought seeing all of that is how is this my problem? <laughs> because he does the bad thing before the game starts. So I'm just like, so? Uh, Road to Redemption, TM. And yeah, the, the ending is just super weird because your daughter turns around and is just like, eh, I'm gonna kill you. I don't care. And then she drowns you. And it's like, eh. You know, that, that's what I mean. It just doesn't feel as good. Yeah, because it's kind of like the trouble with time travel stuff. It's hard to pull off correctly, well, and sort of. Yeah, and then you had a Burial at Sea, which is the expansion for Bioshock Infinite which just put you back in Rapture, uh, made Elizabeth hot, and... <laughs> Wasn't Elizabeth always supposed to be hot though? I mean, she was like a church girl at the start of a, at the start of Infinite, and then her second outfit change was... It was fine. It was <laughs> fine. But then you had Burial at Sea, and she was like the femme fatale, with the curly hair, and the red lipstick, and the cigarette between her fingers. So, you know, someone's tastes. <laughs> became very obvious in this game. <laughs> so, I, I remember Buried at Sea, the, I guess if you're going to spoil it anyway, the, the torture sequence that was really horrible. Yeah, but no, even that, like, the thing is Bioshock works well as a horror game. That's what, the one thing you realize with Bioshock 2. It's not as... Bioshock 2 is the most action-y the series gets. Because you were an indestructible tank in that game. <laughs> and so, with... Uh, but Bioshock 1 is just, it has that atmosphere down so good. Yeah, and like you're in this supposed utopia under the sea, then everything went to hell. And you wake up like, oh god, what now? Yeah, and then there's, here's the antiquated life support systems are always scary. So that's why you have the big daddies are wearing diving suits. And you have astronauts which are terrifying. Like. Dude, astronauts are terrifying. Like, I'm thinking of the episode of Doctor Who, the one with the library, and there's a bunch of astronauts in there. Okay. The idea is that, like, the shadows kill you or something like that. Ooh. And so they, uh, these dudes are all in spacesuits, right? Mm hmm. And so they have the visor down. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like piranhas that are basically, they turn in, into, like, the shadow. Uh huh. So you want to keep up, keep the lights on at all times. So. All these dudes, they have like the visor pulled down, and suddenly one dude's like, "Hey, who turned off the lights?" 
And oh. I was like, what? And then they open it and it's a skeleton inside the, the space suit. It's, it's so good. Oh, that's a great Doctor Who episode. <laughs> and then you have freaking Returnal. Like, Returnal again, not a horror game. Very horror inspired. And uh, one of the weird recurring plot points of that game is you're being stalked by an astronaut. Oh. And this, you are in the super future. You're a future astronaut with a cool booty hugging space. <laughs> but this is an old Apollo era astronaut. And there's a few like story sequences in the game where you like, you know, you turn around and the astronaut is right there. It's, it's super creepy and I love it. And I think it's just because, you know, that's what a spacesuit is. It looks, it's just that horror of a life support system. <laughs> Then the visor is like typically reflective and you see. Oh yeah, you can't God. see inside it. But you you could see your face in the visor as oh god, the potential. The potential, yeah, and I think a lot of games do good with do good with that. I think especially now because like you know every every movie or whatever has a high tech spacesuit, so it's just nice to have a, a spacesuit, like our real world spacesuit tech. Wait, you still can't fully move around. Also, yeah, I, I think like segue into uh, Pacific Rim, like the robots look pretty, like modern and sleek, but there's still a bunch of the technology we look so clunky. That that kind of aesthetic is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think, but if you're going like specifically for the horror aspect, I mean. Yeah. Oh, I just remember the game that's too dark. You would have freaking hated it. Which one? Doom Tree. <laughs> <laughs> Turning that game in that series into horror is the weirdest thing ever. I never understood. That was that. supposed to be horror. Doom Tree was a f- was trying to be a horror game. Yeah, that's why you start off that game doing nothing, and then you know, then you discover the cultist, and then the lights go out, and then you. It's like very scrappy survival. How how does the name Doom make you? It's because that was what was popular at the time. And then it just made Doom 2016. I consider the entirety of Doom Tree's lifespan uh-huh. to be marketing for Doom 2016. <laughs> Do you know how Doom 2016 starts? It starts as my favorite freaking monologue ever, which is a voiceover telling you, just like, they are without mercy or something, but you, you will be worse. Repent until it is done. Then you wake up on a slab surrounded by demons and you break out and kill one of them and pick up a gun and then kill the others. And that's the game, that's the start of the game. It's just like, oh, I love this game so much. And then they teach you how to do glory kills. Like, Doom 2016 is not a horror game, but it is a good game. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my, my point on, on the map. I don't even remember how we got here. Hey, you know what's an old horror series I like? Yeah. Fatal Frame. The remake is coming out in... this week. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the end of this week, I have booked my sister's time and say, yo, this weekend I am going to buy Fatal Frame. We are going to marathon it. <laughs> Get as far as we can into that series, into that game. It's made of Blackwater. It's technically a re-release of a Wii U game, but I consider if a game wasn't exclusive to the Wii U, or it's even made... the, or at this point maybe even the Wii. No, 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 no. Specifically, if it was okay. exclusive to the Wii U, its re-release counts as the first release of that game because <laughs> no one owned a Wii U. <laughs> Wii U, Wii U. But anyway, I remember I vaguely remember like watching a couple of speedruns and stuff. So I thought the whole concept of taking photos was pretty cool. Like, a lot of uh, 
horror games also they tend to like put a gun and here uh, you can use this to defend yourself which I guess is the reason why stuff like what was it I don't quite remember oh god it's popular but I don't remember what it was the one where you were the journalist going into investigating the whatever the heck that was and it's got a sequel and also naked vegan guys cultists what was that called again? it wasn't it was like kind of indie but not is it Alan Wake? no no not Alan Wake uh, you had a, a video recorder, your fingers got cut off on the second game. Resident it's... Evil? <laughs> no, it can't all go back to Resident Evil. Okay, hold on. Let me look it up. But right, when it comes to this season, I suppose one of the most pneumatic uh, ones would be Amnesia. Uh, uh, here, I had this thought, okay, so I'll, how about the generations of YouTubers? And I remembered when horror YouTuber was the meta. And that is the reason I refuse to touch games like Amnesia because it just reminds me of that era where I would log into YouTube and my front page would be PewDiePie's stupid fucking face. Yeah. And the like, scariest game ever! <laughs> also, yeah, uh, it was Outlast. Ah, uh, Outlast. The, the, the kind of uh, non. non the, the least, the less options you have, I guess, the scarier it would be. I mean, yeah, you had games like Slender as well. That was, that was pretty good. Like, cause it was tense. I cannot go back to that game, cause I'm just like Slender was good if you knew nothing about it. Like, if you still, if you didn't recognize the landmarks and stuff, that was a great experience where you just like wandering the woods alone, trying to figure out how to get away from the Slenderman. But now, like, you know. That, that knowledge is widespread, so I was just like, yeah, here are the landmarks. There's bathroom, there's the, the hill thing, there's the big tree, there's... and I, fuck, don't, don't ask me to recite all the landmarks. <laughs> but they exist, and I feel like it just becomes, oh yeah, I just need to run between these six, these six waypoints real, real quick. The, the mystery and the first time experience is just gone now. Yeah, and also because you know where you want to go, and how how many places you want to go? You realize that game has terrible walking speed. <laughs> uh, what like wasn't that part of the supposed to add to the tension? Yeah, yeah, it, it does add to the tension. But again, because you mentally know I have to hit these six places, and you know you don't have time to savor it anymore. Again, this is this isn't really much of a horror game, but it's, again, horror adjacent would be Bloodborne. Ah, uh, yes, um, uh, the the horror of knowing that you exist. <laughs> yeah, and then you will eventually turn into a squid baby. I like it's the weirdest thing. I know people who are like legitimately scared of Bloodborne, and I'm just like, I guess you know, uh, souls play souls player brains. Like you don't you don't have time to think about that. <laughs> Need to optimize my run here. Perry, Perry, and also uh, put your hand up a uh, pig's ass to get some blood wells. Hell yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, like all souls games, like they kind they kind of get a little horror-y. But Bloodborne has the most moments where you're just like, and that's just downright weird. <laughs> like uh, in the Hunter's Nightmare, I don't know if you know what the brain of Mets is. I feel that I would know if it was an all boss run or something. It's not a boss, that's the thing. Ah. Okay, so when you go into the Nightmare Frontier, there is a giant brain hanging outside of the castle. Uh-huh. And being in its corner vision causes you to take frenzy damage. Oh right, that that thing. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things you can do is you can hit a button to drop it into a pit. 
then it will, you know, you're no longer in its field of use. You will no longer take frenzy damage. I never even saw how the thing looked. Like I, I just saw it as the source of the friend, all the frenzy damage I was taking. And then you get to it, and the area is like all dark. You have to like turn on the torch and like point it at the floor to to make sure that you can, you're not accidentally falling off a cliff. Mm -hmm. And hold on, let me let me actually just look this up. Since you're actually here, I can I, I can just show this to you. <laughs> Brain of Nemesis. Like what it looks like when you encounter it. Oh. And then um, there's a rune, I think. The, a rune connected to it. And what you need to do is you need to get the... It's called the make contact gesture. Uh-huh. And it's just this weird pose that you do. It's like, I think, like something like that. It's like your one arm out and the other one perpendicular to it. And you have to do it in front of the brain of Mensis. And then nothing will happen. Unless you leave it there for super long. Then your character's- it's like a freaking creepy pasta. like your arm will suddenly start to turn and then the brain of Mentis will give you the rune. It's like the weirdest thing, I'm just like, you know what Bloodborne, I love that you did this. This is so pointless <laughs> and dumb and absolutely lovely. Now when you mentioned that you take frenzy damage, I just remember people complaining that oh god, I hate this damage type so much. It is- people act like it wasn't in Dark Souls, it's called curse damage in Dark Souls, same thing. The freaking, what are they called? Uh, Basilisk, that's what they're called. Yeah, they do no physical damage to you, but all their attacks are built curse. If you die, that's it. Yay. I think it's in Dark Souls 2 where you can, uh, you can see statues of other players fucked up the stone. Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, no, but I love Bloodborne. It's like slight horror, but there's uh, the Forbidden Woods has that one area where if you go off the path, mm -hmm. you find aliens. Uh-huh. They're just straight up aliens. <laughs> they're, they're just hanging out there. That, 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 that is the Bloodborne experience. It's just, what? We come in peace? And you're like, isn't this a Victorian werewolf game? And aliens are just there like so. And maybe vampires? And then, yeah, and they're just, they're just there. <laughs> Hi. Uh, one of our designers really liked this, so... We thought, why not? But I mean, they're, they're a huge part of the blood, uh, Bloodborne. They're called, I think, called Celestial somewhere. They're, they're not actually aliens, but they look like, they look like aliens. They kind of look like little Nelslug aliens. But if, if you have, if you couldn't tell by how much I'm exalting uh, Bloodborne and Dead Space, I really like Cosmic Horror. <laughs> like I said, I, we've overdone the religion horror. Yeah, I guess now living in this kind of age where stepping outside means you could just catch a virus and die. I think existential horror is pretty good. Uh, it's, not, it's not just about that, it's just like the aesthetic, you know, like, oh, oh wow, yeah, baby crying, ooh, big spooky. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so why avoid a game like Outlast? Oh, I think, you know, like the whole aesthetic thing that you mentioned, maybe Soma, though some, some people will argue that that's not really a horror game, it's more narrative stuff. Mm. Uh, but I did enjoy the story at least, even though maybe the ending could have been a bit better. And then, even then also, I believe that eventually they added a patch where you could just ignore the supposed monsters. Yeah. Oh man, so there's like see you, you you brought up something. It reminds me of like when Slender first came out. People kept talking about oh you know mods to kill the Slenderman. It's just like 
really that's literally the point of the game <laughs> but oh man but i guess it works for soma because the monsters aren't really there for uh, they're just there because narrative reasons but they're not like necessary the true horror is like in the story itself you're the last person on earth and that sort of thing mm. no but i just mean like i never understand mods that that totally go tonal dissonance on on the thing it's just like maybe like for cathartic <laughs> reasons i guess did, did you see the, that choo choo uh what's it called choo choo ah uh, this indie horror game that's coming out we released a trailer for it like last month or something like that i, I keep thinking it's choo choo thomas but it's not because thomas is a licensed name it's a train with a giant with a giant spider oh, legs oh that oh that thing right choo choo henry oof, oof, whatever someone's gonna correct us in the comments but yeah that game looks amazing like oh my god <laughs> That is a demon engine from Warhammer 40k. Ah, uh, Choo Choo Charles. Choo Choo Charles. My only worry about it is it looks very scripted. <laughs> I mean, possibly it wasn't that. Like, I I remember that being one you, of the reasons why people didn't like Nemesis in the three remake. Because you could say it's on rails. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, no. Nemesis isn't scripted. It's been Oh, I believe it. I know when you meet him is scripted, but what he does when you meet him, I don't yeah, know. Uh, I think from what I vaguely recall, there are points where Nemesis, more or less, you already know what he's going to do. You also know when he's going to come, so it didn't make it so scary. The, that's the thing. The way Resident Evil uses their pursuer enemies is really, really clever. So what they are is they are a they are an exam. It's because you never encounter them the first time you enter an area. Oh. It's always here. Explore the area, and then we introduce them. How well do you remember the area? Do you remember <laughs> it well enough to to run circles around this pursuing enemy? Do you? Like um, I know that's definitely the case with Mr. X in uh, in Resi 2 remake, and Lady D is like just again that's. That's the real part that I like about her, is that you get to explore the first building of her castle, and like completely unimpeded. And then when you when you try to steal the key from her room and she catches you, and she slams you through the door. Ah, uh, the GIF. Ah, yeah, she slams you to the floor and she cuts off your hand. So you have no like it's the hand that holds all your weapons and stuff, and so it's it puts you in this like. U-shaped room and it's like, get away from Lady D. And guess what? You have no items. So all you can do is all you can do is learn to outmaneuver her. You get the perfect space to like learn how fast she walks, look at how long range her claw is. You learn all that, and then you literally reattach your hand in the next in the next room. It's like okay, and she straight up says to you, "Is like I am chasing you now." <laughs> and now the For the rest of the time you spend in that castle, she is chasing you, and it's like if you run, she will detect you faster. And there will be moments like there's like I think only one room that's safe from her, just literally the, where the safe room is. Mm-hmm. And so, but there's nothing stopping her from being outside. <laughs> and it's not like 
she doesn't insta kill you. You can you can tank a few hits from her. But you know, I hope you know. I hope <laughs> I hope you have a plan. Like you can you can tank hits from her, but you can only tank so many of them. So I hope you I hope you brought a plan with you for how you're going to get through her. Anyway, here's a pop quiz on how to how to escape a rampaging vampire one supposes. Yeah, that's ba- that's basically it. And I think that's what the best horror games are, is they are still a compelling game first. And then you just add the horror the horror is just to make it slightly more stressful. I think too many games if they, they make horror the main aspect of it, then you know if it just becomes oh look, you're scared, ha ah, it's not that's not that great. But if it's like a good you know, point-and-click adventure game, like, uh, was it The Cat Lady or something like that? Oh, oh The Cat Lady, right, that one. Yeah, that gets, that gets real good. <laughs> Slowly, it just kind of devolves into things in the ah. Yeah, exactly, so if you, if you can get that, like, it's a good point-and-click game, and then on top of that, it's got the creep. Same, you know, same thing with Resident Evil, same thing with Dead Space. Like, Dead Space is a great, it's a, it's basically a Resident Evil game, <laughs> but the puzzle is cut off the the limbs of everything, and also we've randomized the encounters. Yay! Like it's not randomized one hundred percent, but it's like here's a table of possible encounters for every scenario, and every time you respawn, you might get a different one. So it's it's like yeah, you know, the experience comes first, and then only make it scary. Actually, is System Shock considered a horror game? I'm not really uh, sure. Do you consider Bioshock a horror game? Because the like the answer is the same. Ah, uh, I guess it's just horror esque. Yeah, it's it's horror flavored. But so yeah, I don't know, man. Just make if playing the game is fun, I will stomach the horror. <laughs> I know it's I know this is like a little a huge pot kettle situation because Fail Frame is like this horror. Is <laughs> but you have to understand, I was very young when I played Fail Frame too. So that's why it is immune to all all critique and rules. <laughs> also, Fatal Frame just doubles down. Like it is like, hey, traditional Japanese horror. What up? The Fatal Frame Defense Squad is here. Yeah, no, we we were supposed to get Alex on this episode too. That that fucker owns. He owns like some super rare physical copy of a Fatal Frame game. <laughs> I can't remember which one it was. Alex, I hope you're listening to this and leave a comment on what game it is. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll bring you on if if I do end up playing Blackwater in one in one sitting, then uh, then I'll bring you on to defend yourself. <laughs> in the Fatal Frame podcast. But yeah, that's I think that's pretty much it. I gotta say one more thing about the little Bloodborne. I said this last year as well, but we didn't have a podcast then. Bloodborne is the perfect Halloween game for the COVID because there is literally a lockdown going on at the start <laughs> of Bloodborne. Everyone's wearing masks. <laughs> the the few people who are stupid enough to go out in the streets are all getting infected, and, so and then going crazy and die. Yay! Yeah, so you get to put them down. It's it's the best. <laughs> <sighs> you know, I wonder if one day we could have like a horror game that's like bright and stuff. Left 4 Dead too. Uh huh. Take that that game takes place in broad daylight. That's uh, the most unique thing about that game, and I love it. Uh, will we ever? Will Valve ever get the count to three? Let's find out soon enough. What else? What other horror games are there? Uh, um, horror games, uh, like my most most of my experience and exposure would be from YouTubers, uh, most unfortunately. 
But yes, can't can't think of any like daylight ones. No, yeah. you you could probably make one. Please, uh, I think it'll be better on people with motion sickness. Although I would say that okay, I know Infinite isn't a horror game, but man, that thing's too bright and also vertigo. That that was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that motion track was bad. Uh. But yeah, no, this has been another episode of The Brave Room. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know your favorite Halloween games because we're just kind of racking our brains here thinking about, <laughs> horror, thinking about horror games. Listen, man, like I said, we're not, we're not that big on the genre, but again, most of my favorite games are horror games for some reason. And let let me know if candy corn is actually tastes good or not. They, they don't look good. That candy corn does not look good. Oh my god, I feel sick just looking at candy corn. <laughs> you Americans are weird. Uh, also, Everyone. like, side, side note, I always thought that marzipan was supposed to taste great. I tried a little bit piece of it, I wanted to throw it out the window. Damn, that's rough. That's that's very, very rough. <laughs> I am a Hershey's boy for life. Just give me chocolate. Give me chocolate and I'll be happy. And fake fruit. Fake fruit is my favorite. <laughs> Like there's something about the artificial fruit taste, you know, no artificial flavors <laughs> fruit taste. I freaking love it. Like I will legitimately come home sometimes and tell my brother and be like, I want, I specifically want not a real fruit. Maybe mail it to us as a part of our treat box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're a candy company or something, send us, I will do a candy unboxing video. As long as it's not like those, you know, people try to do like shock candy too much where they're like, oh my God, this is durian and cheese candy. And I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> no, no, give me, give me actual candy. That's it. In the wise words of baby metal, give me chocolate. <laughs> 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 That's been our episode of Brave Room. Uh, take care, guys. Take care.